thinking is a legitimate business activity. Don't let anybody shame you out of it. I think that there's too many years where we've worn busy as a badge. I'm super busy. Beware of the busy leader, right? Be thoughtful and follow the person who's calm enough to gather themselves and just think. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I would like to welcome you to tonight's Small Biz Chat Podcast. The Small Biz Chat Podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable business insights. Our mission is to end small business failure. The goal of the Small Biz Chat Podcast is to give our small business audience an opportunity to hear sage advice and grow your business and take it to the next level. Now it's time for me to introduce my guest. I got to say he's a repeat guest. Mr. Scott Jeffrey Miller currently serves as Franklin Covey's Senior Advisor on Thought Leadership. He's the host of the Franklin Covey-sponsored Leadership with Scott Miller, the world's largest and fastest growing leadership podcast. He's also the author of the award-winning Multivita Mess to Success series. If you want more information, head over to marketingmessbook.com. Scott, I'm so excited to have you back here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Melinda, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the platform, and I'm delighted to be back on. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, I very rarely invite people back to Small Biz Chat, but I had so much fun with you the last time you were here. And then I heard a rumor that you had a new book out. So I could, I just jumped at the chance to have you back. So how you doing? What's going on? You know, I'm doing well. Uh, the three boys are home from school for a summer vacation. You know, I have three sons with my wife, Stephanie, that are six, nine, and 11. They all have my personality to her horror. So there's a lot going on in the Miller house this summertime. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you might be part Jamaican because you got like a book dropping every three to four months, like from now until like, I don't know, what is it? 2016 or 2017 or something. What is, are you getting any sleep, man? Like, how are you doing all of this work? Talk to me about your process. And then we're going to start talking about your new book. You know, Melinda, one of the things I've learned is that what separates the successful from the less successful 
is they're just willing to do what the less successful aren't willing to do. So I like to work hard. I also know my rhythm. I know my cadence, right? Which is my peak is 4 a.m. to about 10.30 a.m. And then I go into a bit of a, a trough and I'm at kind of a bit of a, not as productive between about you know 10.30 and 2. Then I have a bit of a recovery from about 2 to 5. And then I'm asleep at 9.30 every night. Like our house is a morgue from 9.30 to 4 a.m. So my most productive time is, you know, 4 a.m. to about 8 a.m. I'm writing, I'm, I'm, I'm writing columns and books and such. So I think it's important to know how to align your day with your own energy circadian cycle. And I do that pretty effectively. And so I'm fairly productive as a result. And yes, I sleep. The best I can, I sleep between 9.30 and 4 a.m. like a log. Wow. I'm I just, you know, starting to work some more at 9.30, but that is interesting. So tell me about, you know, you're a fairly new entrepreneur, right? You had a yep. 25-year career yep. with, with Franklin Covey and, and rose up through the ranks to, to chief marketing officer. And I, and I really kind of want you to tell everyone a little bit about what your transition has been like from, you know, being a corporate guy to, to you know, having to kill for your dinner. I mean, what has yeah. that been like for you? Well, fortunately for me, I had a long runway. The CEO and the board were very gracious on my exit and they set me up for success. And I planned this for some time. Like anybody that's making a transition out of a career and an organization to your own venture, you got to have you kind of ticked and tied, right? And have yourself a fairly long runway. I also had a lot of champions and mentors and coaches that were helping me. But you're right. You know, as you're an executive in a public company, I had a fairly large group of people. I was empowered to have a large group execute on my ideas or for that matter, on their ideas as well. And now I have a team of two, me and a colleague and a couple of contractors. So I have to recalibrate my expectations that I have more ideas than there is capacity to execute. So I've had to scale back and, you know, kind of go deeper on less things. Yes, I've got a lot of books going on. But I've had to summon an unnatural level of focus and recognize that if I don't do it, it's not getting done. No longer are there 25 people or 45 people that, you know, organizationally take their direction from me. So it's created some frustration and I have to be more patient. But I think it's been a good discipline for me. It's probably made me a better parent as well because my expectations are moderated a little bit. Slightly a little bit more realistic, maybe? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> so now, um, how do you divide things up between you and your wife? Does your wife work outside of the home? Or no, my, no, we're we're blessed. We're privileged that my wife, who is highly educated and could easily exceed my income potential, we made an agreement when we were married that we wanted to have children and that we wanted her to be in the home. So by choice, she is, you might say, a homemaker. She manages all that is Miller land and. She's a, a whiz with the finances and, and very capable. But no, she's full time at home with the boys. And I work from home and have for several years. So we have a good thing going. And she'll yesterday she did seven loads of laundry. She's like, can I please be on one podcast? You take four loads of laundry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely was going to tell you um, she works harder than you. I don't know. No, there's no question. There's no question. And my <laughs> wife is much more educated than I am and is very competent. And she's doing a great job as the primary parent for our children. But, you know, they don't leave my side. Um, 
I, I, I follow you on Facebook. I know what you're saying. I see you. I see you with them, and, I'm, and I see all the stuff you do with them. So I know that you guys are a team effort. But she's yes, definitely ma'am. doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So now yeah. let's talk about your new book. Let's talk about marketing mess to brand success. What did you want to teach people with this book? Well, so as you mentioned, I was the chief marketing officer of a global brand for eight years, which is almost one to three times the national average of a CMO in a public company. And so when I left the firm, I decided to write the second in the 10 series book, Mess to Success. The first book, of course, was Management Mess to Leadership Success. The second one now is Marketing Mess. And I wanted to teach that I think too many people in marketing that have marketing careers, they kind of hide behind brand and brand equity, a lot of pet projects, and it's a chance for them to unleash their creativity. And I wanted to remind marketers that your job is revenue. Your job is business development. Your job is cash flow, profitability, and EBITDA, cash in the bank. You cannot staple brand equity to the back of a bank deposit slip and fund payroll off of it. So my book is, is um, it's a high courage conversation with a lot of marketers that your job is to get in the sales boat and row with them in the same direction. And so I hope it's inspirational to marketing, but I have some tough conversations around the role that I think marketing should play inside a company. Well, how does that relate down to small business though? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's a big company, but it's me and, you know, my seven other compadres that work with me, but I, but I really kind of, how do these marketing lessons trickle down to small business? Well, they're compounded, right? I mean, you know, as the marketing leader in a global company, I've got a multi-million dollar budget and 45 people and, and I have some latitude to make mistakes, right? You know, you know, revenue can cover up a lot of unsuccessful campaigns. So I think it's compounded in a small business. You have to be extremely deliberate around testing and, and showing humility and admitting when you're wrong and pivoting on a dime and changing your mind, recognizing that your idea may not work and you have to be able to be agile intellectually. You have to admit when your idea didn't work. So I think it's compounded in small business. You don't have the same elasticity, the same latitude. You also can be in the echo chamber because you don't have as many people that are are pushing back on your ideas. You can convince yourself that anything will work and you can spend your marketing budget and have no return on it. So you have got to be enormously humble and open to other people's ability to influence you to pivot more so in a small company than in a large marketing team. I think it's more difficult in a small company than it is in a large company because you don't have the air cover like you do in a large enterprise. Oh, sure. And I mean, what do you, what does every small business have, right? Limited resources and limited time. So definitely. And, and one of the things that I always say is that you've got to, you've got to figure out that niche customer. That's really going to be key because if you try to sell to everybody, you're really selling to nobody. But what do you think are some of the top challenges and obstacles, you know, that marketing folks, I mean, because usually the marketer is like the business owner, right? So what, what do you think are some of the top mistakes or obstacles that you see in small businesses with marketing? Well, you just hit the biggest one, and that is trying to boil the ocean. As you think that your restaurant is for everyone and that everyone should read your book or everyone needs your product. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, Seth Godin in his book, This Is Marketing. Seth is a dear friend of mine. And he endorsed my book. He writes a chapter 
about your smallest viable market. And it's counterintuitive because in business school, you're taught your total addressable market, right? What is the largest market possible? You put that on your SBA application or on your venture capital seed form. But the fact of the matter is when you're a small business owner, for that matter, any size company, you need to bring an unnatural focus to determine what is your smallest viable market. Quote Seth Godin, like, who is your first customer? And what is her name? And what is her circumstance? And what problem does he or she have? Then who is your second customer? We call it spear fishing, not net fishing. And I think so many of us that are entrepreneurs and small business owners were convinced that our book or our product or our service is for everyone. And in fact, it may be. But the reality is that if you pay the price to deeply understand the exact circumstance your ideal client is in, I think the goal is to have as few clients as necessary, not as many as is necessary. And that is not naturally the way most business owners think. They have ego involved, right? It's their product, their idea. They think they're going to change the world. And they go out and they try to boil the ocean. And they wonder why they have no renewals or no referrals because they're spreading themselves too thin. Focus on spearfishing, not net fishing. Got it. I, I could not agree with you more. Now, when it comes to, you know, there's lots of marketing books out there, of course, right? You just mentioned this is marketing by Seth, but, you yeah. know, what do you think makes yours a little bit different? I know that you talk about sort of like these 30 marketing lessons yeah. in the book, but what do you think makes your book stand out? Uh, I think the premise of my mess to success series, Melinda, as you know, is that, you know, great leaders own their mess because everyone's got a mess going on. And when you demonstrate the humility, the vulnerability to own your mess, you make it safe for others that work for you to own theirs as well. Not license bad behavior, but to create a culture where people can talk freely about the mistakes they made and the risks that they took. And I think it's better to teach through your mistakes than to teach through your successes. I don't have your talent. I don't look like you. I don't have your education and your, your interviewing skills. I can't replicate your success, but I can learn from your mistakes and avoid them. So I think what makes my book different is that it's not a look at me and my genius career. It's look at all the mistakes that I made. And can you like navigate around them? Can you not say that or don't do that or don't put all your eggs in that basket? So my brand is the you know, master success guy is to really be comfortable sharing my own marketing mistakes so that others can learn from them. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, stay with us, Scott. We're going to go to break right now. But when we come back, we're going to find out what Scott's biggest mess was when he ran his company. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady. You're watching Small Biz Chat Live, and we'll be right back. always ask me, how can I become my own boss? With multiple features in the New York Times, Forbes, and on ABC News as America's number one small business expert, I know a thing or two about how to do it. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, and I've been coaching small business owners since 2008. 
That's right, I've been helping small business owners plan for success since the last recession, and I'm still here reaching over 3 million small business owners a week online. I've spent the last 12 years compiling exactly what I did to become my own boss. I even broke it down into a six-step system in my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people in multiple languages around the world have this book. And due to the pandemic, I know people need help. If you're ready to transition successfully from being an employee into your own business, I'm here to help. I'm giving away 1,000 copies of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months for free. All you need to do is pay for shipping. That's right, I'm giving away 1,000 copies for free. If you've always wanted to start your dream business, let me give you a roadmap to success. This offer will only be available while supplies last, and when they're gone, they're gone. Click on the button to grab your copy today. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Scott Miller, who's dropping knowledge on us about all things about going from a marketing mess to a brand success. All right, Scott, you know you got to tell me, what was your biggest mess in marketing? Well, there's a couple that would compete for that, but here's a short story. I had this idea that I thought was genius to market one of our authors and put him on a global tour. His name is Stephen M. R. Covey. You know him as the author of the book, The Speed of Trust, right? He teaches organizational trust. He's an expert on being trustworthy. So I created a video card. You know, they make these cards now like a Hallmark greeting card. They can insert a little credit card size video in it for fairly cheap. And you can put three or four videos and they're kind of disposable. So I decide to make a couple thousand of these video cards where we would send them out to CEOs and have her or him sign up and come to breakfast with. Stephen M. R. Covey. Well, there was one client that was a firearms manufacturer that we had targeted. So we mailed the card to them because the salesperson didn't live close enough to drop it off. Well, so we mailed the card that looks like, you know, one of those music cards, but it has a little video screen. And before we know it, we have the ATF, Pennsylvania police, the eight, the um the, the bomb squad and the SWAT team, they've all like commandeered this video card in the mail process because they scanned it and thought it was a bomb. I didn't realize that the you know mail rooms at you know firearms manufacturers are much more sensitive. So here we are, we're on the news in Philadelphia. Fortunately, I'm calling like our board of directors saying I didn't mail them a bomb. Anyway, <laughs> and what's funny is that you know the SWAT team is opening up this package that is a video extolling the virtues of being a high-trusted leader in a high-trust culture. And they actually tagged it as a bomb. So the, the goal there is, you know, be careful what you're putting in the mail. Sometimes it's better to drop it off. Give them a call and tell them, I've sent you something. Please look forward. I promise you it's safe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a pretty good one. <laughs> I got a couple of doozies like that. Oh, gosh. I'm glad you have uh, understanding boss and board. All right. So tell me, why is it so important to stay close to cash? Well, because I think it's too often that marketers get into marketing because they're afraid to either own the P&L or own a revenue goal, or they, they think sales is a naughty career. And so they get off in these boondoggles. They're focused on social media or user interface or you know how many likes you have or how many impressions. You cannot deposit impressions in the bank. And so it's important that every marketer 
deliberately and strategically attached themselves to a revenue generating project or a cost containment project. Because marketing is the first that gets whacked when the economy suffers or a campaign goes south. And so if you want to build a resilient career in an organization, then you'll make sure that the CEO, the founder, your boss knows that everything you're doing is tied to either cash generation, profit, or reducing costs. All right. That's good stuff. All right. So Scott, what was the best business advice anyone's ever given you? You know, I think it was probably my CEO, Bob Whitman, when he sat me down one day and he said, thinking is a legitimate business activity. Mm. I think in this fast world, we're so focused on, you know, consuming the quiet space with podcasts and audiobooks and TV and radio. And a lot of us have like a moral responsibility to watch every news channel, to be part of the democratic process. Right? I, know, I know every military coup going on, every kidnapping. I know every vote in Congress, and at some point, you kind of exhaust your ability to replenish yourself. I think sometimes putting your feet up on your desk, Linda, closing the door, turning everything off, even if it's like, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, just sitting and thinking and regenerating yourself and building ideas and, and assessing what's working, thinking is a legitimate business activity. Don't let anybody shame you out of it. I think that there's too many years where we've worn busy as a badge. I'm super busy. But beware of the busy leader, right? Be thoughtful and follow the person who's calm enough to gather themselves and just think. Turn off your radio. Turn off your podcast. And just digest. What have you learned? What's worked? What's not working? I think you'll find that thinking is a legitimate scheduling activity on your calendar. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think that resting, self-care, all of this kind of stuff has now, the pandemic has made everybody pay more attention, yeah. I think. And yeah. I, I think that's brilliant advice and um, I love it. So, And it's hard, right? Because we live in a culture where we're all kind of measured by how much we're doing. And we got to be careful to not, not fall victim that, you know, activity is not productivity. And we all can fall in that trap. So schedule some time to yourself to make better decisions on how to invest your time. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite podcast? What is your favorite podcast? I want to say my own because I want to promote my own podcast, but that seems kind of self-serving. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I'm a big fan of Dave Hollis, right? You probably know him as Rachel Hollis's former husband. And Dave's got a great podcast. So anything that Dave Hollis puts out, I'm a raving fan. His books, his coaching, his conferences, and his podcast also. All right. Well, I'm going to have to check him out because I haven't heard his podcast. Scott, what's your favorite business app? You know, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'm kind of late to the party on Slack. So I've just recently gotten Slack on my phone. And it's just, I resisted as long as I could because with Facebook messaging and LinkedIn and all my email accounts, I did not need one more. But my, one of my publishers has insisted on it. So I'm kind of liking and enjoying living a little bit large and slack these days. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Favorite old school marketing tip? You know, Melinda, I think that email has hit a tipping point, not for good, but for bad, right? With the advent of all these marketing automation systems, Eloqua and HubSpot and Marketo, we're getting bombarded with email. So I really think there's a great place for old school direct mail that it has a complement 
in almost everybody's business is to research the list really carefully because post pandemic, people may not be working at the same address that they have you know, listed somewhere. But I think with the right offer, the right creative and the right list, that direct mail can be a perfect component to almost anybody's marketing strategy. I mean, I get you know a thousand emails a day across all my accounts. I get nine pieces of mail downstairs in the box out front and I look at it all every single day. What's your favorite business book you've ever read? You know, I think I mentioned this when I was on your show a year ago. You know, Liz Wiseman was a, a senior HR leader at Oracle for 18 years. She wrote a book called Multipliers. I personally think it's the best leadership book ever written. The premise of the book is that all of us are accidentally diminishing people. It's normal. And the more we can be aware of which of the nine axial diminisher tendencies we have, the more we can move to become more of a multiplier. Their premise is that your job is not to be the genius, but rather the genius maker of others. So I highly recommend the book Multipliers for leaders of people. Love it, love it. All right, listen, this has been awesome. Thank you so much to my guests. Thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. If you wanna know more about how to start and grow your small business, head over to Small Biz Lady University and sign up for my course, how to sell and market online to get your business going in the right direction. Thank you all for being here with me tonight. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, your host. Till next time, remember this, you never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.